This side. No joke. Sure. Um, and to that uh, piece of shit lieutenant that's always uh, on his podcast, uh, bash us, fuck him. <laughs> Outstanding. All right, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Eric Dim, Most Complained Cop, NYPD. And along with me today is Sal Greco. Sal, you've been on this, show, on this show a couple of times. You were wrongfully terminated by the NYPD. You have an amazing story. Your story has been told throughout the entire country right now. You've been going national. You've been on show to show. Also, uh, John McCarry, piece of shit, unemployed lieutenant. John, who's the founder and the co-host of this podcast at New York's Finance Retired Unfiltered Podcast, is unavailable today. But John and I both support you, and uh, you know, like I said, we're big supporters of you. So, Sal, let's talk about the hypocrisy that's going on with your case right now. I just want to sum this up real quick for the audience before we go ahead into this. Sal Greco was wrongfully terminated for his friendship with Roger Stone. According to the New York City Patrol Guide, you are not supposed to reasonably engage with someone that you know is involved in criminal activity or likely to engage, which uh, to this day, I'm not really sure exactly what that means. However, Roger Stone, which is your friend, you've admitted to it that he's your friend. Roger Stone uh, was convicted. However, he was pardoned. So it's been my argument, in my opinion, that Roger Stone is no longer criminal for that reason. He has the right to vote and he can purchase a firearm. Sal Greco was wrongfully terminated. Uh, it was said that he was doing uncompensated security, which, again, we don't know. But Sal was befriended uh, Roger Stone. He's admitted to it. He's never shied away from it. And he agrees that uh, that did violate the New York City Patrol Guide. However, other people have who have done this as well have received different discipline. So it, it has not it, it's not been fair and equitable. So let's start out and let's talk about Mayor Adams' role in this. I know there's an excerpt that you want to read. Let's start with that. Well, thank you, uh, Eric, for having me on the show again. It's an honor to be here. It's nice that I'm talking to uh, you, and I know there's cops that either liked me and didn't like me watching as well. So. Just so you understand, you know, my case is, you know, you just stated with the uh, reasonably, uh, you wrongfully, knowingly associated with someone you reasonably believe to engage in or engage in criminal activity, okay? Just for the record here, right here in an article on the city.nyc, right here in the excerpt, the first time in was 1995 when Adams traveled with several other NYPD cops to Indiana to escort boxer Mike Tyson from prison after he'd served time for rape. Internal affairs looked into whether Adams had violated a patrol guide ruling rule bearing a barring cops from associating with a person reasonably believed to be engaged in, likely to engage in, or have engaged in criminal activities. So in a, this is him now, Eric Adams. In an interview, Adams said he'd been asked to accompany Tyson by a former mentor of the boxer from Brooklyn. The mentor asked me, "What can we go with Tyson on his release to make sure he gets home correctly? Speak with him after being out as law enforcement officers about how to turn his life around. Although Adams was certainly aware that he was escorting a convicted felon, he questioned whether that activity qualified as a violation of the patrol guide. This is Adams. Quote, associating with a known felon, you sit down, you're having activities with them. It's not being around a known felon, he said. Quote, many people in law enforcement, particularly if you come from a high crime community, you know people. You have brothers in the criminal justice system, end quote. He added, quote, I was never brought up on any official charges, end quote. You, 
how how does that work? I mean, I'm I'm hearing the mayor's words when he was in the on the NYPD. Can you explain this to me, Eric? What what did what did you just say there? Well, let's first start out by saying this, okay? I actually I'm a big fan of Mike Tyson. So, Mike, if you actually watch his show, which I hope you do, I'm a big fan of Tyson. I mean, he was a talented boxer, an amazing athlete. I mean, it, it, even myself paying for pay per views years ago. I mean, if you were, if it went for thirty seconds to box a match, you were lucky. It, it was it was over and done with. However, what we are talking about here is not whether we like him or not. We're talking about the hypocrisy that if Mayor Adams was in this particular situation as yourself, which actually I, I believe his is it is even deeper because he's actually admitting to doing compensated security. He's actually working and he's associating with a known criminal. Yeah, exactly. Who's been publicized? And you, on the other hand have a friendship with Roger Stone, who was pardoned, which means he doesn't have a criminal history. And why this is extremely problematic is Mayor Adams is now the one in charge and arguably the co-captain, which I have I have coined him, is the co-captain commissioner of the New York City Police Department. And we know it as Commissioner Sewell had just stepped down. So now that Commissioner Sewell has stepped down from the New York City Police Department, where does that put you right now? And what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I've always believed, Eric, it was basically here. And as we're hearing reports from the New York Post and the New York Daily News, this was always a commissioner by committee. What I mean by that is there's a group of guys that are Eric Adams cronies that are on this job. These are the people that they were trying to paint me being as bad as what these guys really are. You have Chief Madry who's currently involved in a sexual harassment case with a female cop, that cop being actually represented by my attorney, Eric Sanders. Uh, we uh, we also have uh, the chief of patrol was John Shell. John Shell many years ago was involved in a shooting where he killed somebody. Maybe you should look into that. Not And nothing personal, but hey, you have you have a body under your belt. I mean, that maybe they tried to reopen that case, in fact, uh, years later. Uh you have also uh, First Deputy Commissioner Edwin Caban, who is now rumored to be the new police commissioner. If you don't know this, Edwin Caban's brother, James Caban, was on the job in the late 90s with Eric Adams. And, uh, well, he handcuffed somebody in a car and beat them senseless and was fired for this. He was charged. Uh, was a hung jury. Later on, he became the slumlord of the Bronx. You could re actually read this. He was arrested for that, for that offense. And they uh, they uh, put him in jail for a couple of days. So by terminology, if you want to use this convicted criminal nonsense, he is a criminal. He's engaged in criminal activity. Uh, Edwin's other brother, Ruben, was involved in another sexual harassment case where the city had to settle. Once again, the attorney on that case for the the uh, the plaintiff was uh, Eric Sanders, my attorney. Uh, he ended up uh, retiring, but uh, it was a sexual harassment case. Uh, you also have uh, another person involved, Philip Banks. He of the unindicted co-conspirator years ago in that famous case that had the mayor involved. And unfortunately, uh, my friend Jimmy Grant, who was found not guilty, the only man I've ever known to beat the Southern District of New York personally. The NYPD hates him for this. Uh, but Chief Banks never saw, you know, had no problem. He was in the paperwork. Unindicted co-conspirator had to get off the job as chief of department. We also have this guy, Stewart's uh, name is Stewart. He's the head of community affairs. He's another Adams crony. Oh, we, we know him very well. Yeah. He's in charge of de-escalation. That's right. 
<laughs> and, and finally, you have a guy named uh, Fearson who retired off the job, but somehow now as a civilian, he has a say on the job. And last but not least, the true de facto head of the police department, the one and only Mayor Eric Adams. Well, let's let's reflect on this. I think it's important that we explain to the public because most of our viewers, I believe, are cops right now. We're centered around the contents of the NYPD, and the NYPD is on fire right now, especially with the stepping down of Commissioner Sewell. I mean, this is a pinnacle moment in history here where it the rumor was spread for a long time that Mayor Adams and Philip Banks are the co-captains, the commissioners of the New York City Police Department. Correct. And the truth has finally come out. Thank God, because Commissioner Sewell actually had the balls, much more than her predecessors, Shea O'Neill and Bratton, to step up and stand on moral principles. So here's the de facto, here's the problem right now for the New York City Police Department. Sal Greco was terminated for having a potential criminal association relationship. If that is true, then no one could take part in the position of police commissioner because there are no exceptions to this rule. You cannot be friends or associate. And the terms are very, very particular in the patrol guide it says associate. There are no exceptions. And it doesn't have to be someone that is engaged in criminal activity. Please, I want my viewers to understand. If someone is likely to engage, I don't know how you say someone is likely to engage, but if this Ruben character had a sexual harassment case and he was actually forced out of the police department, I would say that person is likely to engage in some type of sexual misconduct. So this person potentially should not be posing in any pictures with Caban, who is potentially going to be the acting police commissioner. I, I assume... I assume he's going to be the acting police commissioner as soon as Commissioner Sewell has stepped down. But here's, a, here's an important part now. So Commissioner Sewell is part of your particular lawsuit. Right. So how does that change anything right now if it does or does it not change? Because the argument has been said by John McCary and myself that Commissioner Sewell has been said she does amazing things. At the same token, we're, say, we're, we're hearing, and we know this, that she was not permitted to do her job, that she was put in the corner. So I, John and I both agree you can't have it both ways. Correct. So how does this affect your lawsuit? Is she going to testify and say, well, I signed off on his termination? Or is she going to say, I was bullied into signing this? Well, actually, uh, Eric, in that second motion to dismiss here, or my, my uh, amended complaint, she is definitely on there. She's on the lawsuit. She will definitely get deposed in this because the question here is, what did she know? How much did she know? Who said what and where? Because now we go back to the Cardi B incident. Uh, she stated to the Daily News, and this is it actually in my rebuttal to their second motion to dismiss. In my rebuttal, it's I stated, well, there here's the newspaper article. She stated to the Daily News she had no idea about any of this. That's funny because someone had to have invited her. Now, the city in their motion to dismiss actually wrote, I bizarrely claimed that Cardi B came to the police academy when, in fact, she was court-ordered. Well, again, in my rebuttal in there is a press conference from everyone's favorite mayor, Eric Adams, where he states that, number one, Cardi B was invited to the police academy. Number two, that we just don't discard people. Apparently only discard Sal Greco or Roger Stone. Everybody else is redeemable. Sal Greco is not redeemable, and neither is Roger Stone. How about the, how about the unvaccinated? Are they redeemable? Yeah, well, you got to ask him because apparently they're not redeemable either, and they won't—they won't settle that lawsuit. And they're just trying to screw those cops over and over again. 
Well, let's also let's also reflect on this. Let's keep in mind. So I've been a huge advocate for getting the information out and opening the eyes of the cops about the disciplinary matrix. Yep. John and I have been on a crusade to explain the discipline matrix and expose the nonsense that goes on with this document. And you and I would just talk about this offline. And I had always thought about this. When I originally saw that document, I said to myself, wow, how can her predecessor, former Commissioner Shea, actually want this document? Right? Because we have an automatic penalty, which can be substantially high, but then there's a mitigating factor, and then there's aggravating factors. But then it dawned on me over time, and I realized it's actually brilliant. And John and I exposed one in particular that they changed. Right? So yeah. if you commit an act of offensive language, the presumptive penalty is 20 days. So I break it down like this. It's almost like you're in two classes of people. The rich people, which are the people that have nepotism on the job, they get the mitigating factors. The poor people on the job, which get the aggravating factors, are people like Sal Greco that don't have ties to the right people on the job, or they're an alpha male and they're white and they're aligned with Donald Trump because of his friendship with Roger Stone. And that's what they utilize to, to terminate you. That's the difference between you and Adams. Adams got a pass. If the discipline matrix, if Adams was faced with the discipline matrix right now, he should be terminated. The entire police department should be terminated right now. The actually the the routine patrol enforcement of the New York City Police Department, the ideology is associated with criminals every day. We have violence interrupters who get paid a substantial salary that associate with police officers to go out and potentially interrupt violence who have who have criminal pets that are far worse than even Mike Tyson. Well, far worse than pets, right? And they get paid a sub substantial salary. Mm -hmm. And also, the Neighborhood Co Coordination Officer Program that was initiated by Bill Bratton, who was a weak predecessor to Commissioner Sewell, that program enables cops to associate with criminals on a daily basis when they go to community meetings and take Twitter photos with criminals, buttering up to them to have a community relationship. Sal Greco was wrongfully terminated. This story is important. So now here we are with Commissioner Sewell. And I, it's in my opinion that she's going to say that she was bullied into this because the real commissioners are Adams and Banks. Now, they're in, a, they're in a position where they can't put anyone as the police commissioner. You need the most perfect human being. People have to understand, especially our viewers out there right now that are not cops. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they're La Familia or not. There is no exceptions. If your father is a criminal, you cannot associate with him. Am I right? Yeah, the, the rule has no exceptions to it. It doesn't say anything about a court order. It doesn't say anything about community affairs. It doesn't say if he's your brother, your sister, if it's familial, not familial, political. It just, that's what it states. So there's, everyone should be terminated. So we go back to my amended complaint. Under their terminology from their own commissioner trials, which is not even a real judge constituted there, Paul Gamble, he stated that my relationship with Roger Stone is detrimental to the police department. I must be terminated for this reason. So under that terminology, the commissioner should have been terminated for allowing this Cardi B incident to occur where 400 plus recruits plus every cop that worked in the police academy that day, including the janitor, was hobnobbing with Cardi B. But there's more because Eric Adams is the only person that could terminate this police commissioner. So now we go back to Ed Caban. There is a picture from a few weeks ago that they went to an event where Ed Caban is sitting there. He's standing next to Eric Adams with his brother, James. James, once again, I've referenced to it. He has a case. He's a criminal. By the book, he's a criminal. 
So if Eric Adams is either promoting this man, the police commissioner, or keeping him around as a police commissioner, well, Eric, you will be on the stand and you will be sued personally for this and you will be deposed. You know why? Explain to us how one police commissioner, you have the, you are the only one that can fire her, you're not firing for the Cardi B incident, and now you have Ed Caban, whose brother is a criminal and whose other brother is questionably doing criminal acts, and you're promoting him. So you're okaying the idea of your top dog can associate with people that are likely or have engaged in criminal activity. So why'd you terminate me? There could be only one standard, Eric. And I mean, you are your own words that you believe that this is not, you're not really hanging with a felon. Eric, explain yourself to me. Otherwise, well, not to me, explain yourself to him when my lawyer questions you on the stand, because I can't wait for this. Well, that, that's that's what's so problematic about this disciplinary matrix, which I've been so adamant and expressive about, is you just said, what is the standard, right? And that's what I'm saying. What is the standard here? Well, I tell you the standard. The standard is if you're Sal Greco and you're over six feet tall and you're, you're a handsome white alpha male and you align with Donald Trump, the standard is to use aggravating factors against you. And you have an unblemished career for 14 years. You were out there getting medals. You were out there doing police work. And yet, the aggravating factors were your experience, your time on the job that was utilized to weaponize against you to have you terminated. Correct. That's the downfall of the discipline matrix. However, if your name was Richard Shea, the mitigating factors could have been used against you, and it would have been a nominal fee. When I say nominal fee, of some punitive measure, and you would have still been on the job. And I think it's important that we talk something here. I think this is, again, we talked about this off offline. I am not an attorney. However, I will say this. I think that biggest part of your case is the fact that when you receive charges, administrative charges to the New York City Police Department for your actions that caused you to be terminated, you were still out there in full duty with a firearm and a gun belt, still right. making arrests and still testifying in court. What are your thoughts on that? It's funny you mention that, Eric, because I had a case. I went to court. It was in early 2022, right before my uh, Soviet show, tri uh, show trial in the department room. So uh, I had a case from a pr prior DOE from 2019, and uh, they, they, the defense tried to raise, well, Mr. Greco was in all these newspaper articles and January 6th and all this nonsense, and the judge right away struck it down and said, well, Mr. Greco here is still employed. He still has his firearm. They didn't suspend him. They haven't modified him. All you have is this claim, and there's all these articles. They go, this will proceed. I testified, and once again, another guilty verdict because I've never lost in court. So if I'm such a bad guy, Eric, why was I allowed to continue and expected to write summonses and make arrests and be the good old good old cop in the street if I'm some kind of, I don't know, right-wing extremist with ties to Donald Trump and Roger Stone? You tell me. Well, I think this is going to be quite interesting, especially if Donald Trump actually you know gets elected to president. This would really be quite interesting, particularly in your case. I mean, it's a total political witch hunt. I mean, this is completely an injustice to yourself, an injustice to your career. I think this is an insult to Roger Stone. I think it's an insult to Donald Trump. As far as I'm concerned, I, again, like I said, the research I've done on a pardon means they've actually been completely forgiven. Again, he could vote and he could he'd get a firearm. So he, this is not criminal association by anything. But again, I said this many times and I believe that they just had a bag of tricks. They threw everything at you and whatever stuck is what they went with. Well, this thing of uncompensated security, right? Uncompensated uh, security. And just and this uncompensated uh, security, armed, uncompensated security nonsense. Just for the record, right now, Mr. Ed Caban, your first deputy commissioner, soon to be police commissioner, acting commissioner, 
He's associating with his brother who has a record and he has his firearm on him. Therefore, he's his uncompensated security. Do you see how ridiculous that is? It's just a catch-all. It's just uncompensated security means nothing. You walk outside with your firearm, you could be anybody's uncompensated security. Joe could claim that Officer John is Jack's uncompensated security. Why? Because he's walking down the street with him. He has his firearm. It doesn't make any sense. What is What does that even mean? No, no one could even wrap their head around it. And then, of course, there were the misleading statements, right? So, Eric, misleading statements was, Mr. Greco, are you Roger Stone security? No, I'm not. They wrote it down as if I was lying. First of all, we're going to go back to Mr. Orenstein, who's the investigator in this case. Right now, he's in a second lawsuit. The two brothers, the Nevis brothers, it was in the Daily News. These guys were locked up for some bogus prostitution ring and brought to a federal court, okay? They were trying to, they paraded these guys around. At the time, gutless James O'Neill, another useless uh, suit on the job was police commissioner. He was up there making all these statements that we have to prosecute these guys. Made a big deal about it. Who was in charge of the investigation? This guy, off, uh, Sergeant Ornstein, one of the most corrupt guys I've ever seen. He makes uh, a Serpico would have a good case against this guy. So Ornstein, what he did was there was a wiretap. He wiretapped these guys because he was investigating them for months. In this wiretap, what he did was he was listening in the entire time, which, you know, Eric, you have to go on and off. You can't just listen in for as long as you want. While he was doing this, he picked up a conversation. Now, he's not Spanish. They're speaking Spanish. So one comment, one, I'll give you an instance. So they're saying, he's saying that they said they wanted to hire two prostitutes for this birthday party. In reality, what they were saying in Spanish was, I want to hire a dancer for the birthday party which is 100% legal. Mr. Orenstein perjured himself in front of the stand. He should be arrested. And here's the double standard. Mr. Orenstein perjured himself in the federal courtroom. Why is he not charged? Why is he not handcuffed? My friend Roger Stone allegedly lied about Russian collusion. Didn't exist. And he said he lied to Congress. They want to give him seven to nine years and put him through a whole trial that cost him millions of dollars. Two-tier justice system. Now, fast forward, Mr. Orenstein. Now he's, they reward him by giving him my case. In my case, what does he do? First, he looks through my phone records illegally. What he does is he gets some Fugazi subpoena. It's an administrative subpoena, not a real subpoena, because you have to go to a real judge. So he gets this Fugazi subpoena and writes narcotics. How does he do that? One of the people he's claiming I'm friends with, that I'm associating with, that I'm, I'm, I'm pictured with, he knows this person and runs their name in a, in a system, and he pulls up their sealed record. Shield record is, of course, Eric, somebody gets arrested. They either do their time or make a plea deal or whatever the case is. When the case is closed, you can no longer look at it. The only way you could access this is you must go to a judge and ask the judge, can I please unseal this for whatever the case is? No, Mr. Ornstein can't go to the judge and say, I want to look at this person's case and unseal it and access his record, the, this person's records because Sal Greco is a friend of Roger Stone. They'll get laughed at. What did he do? He just went in the computer which recently there was a court order. The court order states you can't do this. He went in the computer and just pulled it up, pulled up this person's mugshot along with other people that are involved, puts it in my file and says, here you go. With this person's mugshot, uh, they were uh, involved in narcotics 15 years ago. Therefore, Sal Greco is guilty of this. Boom, there's your fake subpoena, your fake subpoena. How do you get a case like this? You access sealed records and used it to warrant your Fugazi subpoena. Mr. Orenstein perjured himself. He perjured himself again here. Because at the, my trial, Mr. Orenstein stated, 
well, Mr. Greco was never involved in narcotics. I never suspected that. So then why'd you do all of that? This guy's a dirty cop. I don't know how he's still on the job. FBI, if you're listening, why are you not handcuffing this guy? I understand you hate Donald Trump and all his supporters. This guy's committing real felonies and has a, he has a gun on his shield. That's a scary thought. Well, I think it's really important that we talk about all these parameters that have happened to you and the mindset that you had to have to go through this because I tell you, I'm extremely proud of you. I know John is. We really support you. You've been around on nationally on different different talk shows, different podcasts, yep. getting this word out there. It's so important because your word is the word of every cop. Every cop could be you. If you're an alpha white male and you align with uh, certain politics, the, the mitigating factors will not be applied to you. You will have the aggravating factors just you did, even with an unblemished career. Oh, it doesn't go. matter. You know, you, what you're stating, right? We can flip the script. You have a Republican mayor that now says, I want to whitewash anybody who has a, who's a Democrat or associating with a Democrat politician or, or Democratic figure. And then this happens to you. You'll be screaming, oh, that's not fair. But guess what? If you railroad South Greco, they can railroad anyone else. They don't care. They don't care, people. You guys, so today you notice that the Hunter Biden got a slap on the wrist for something that if you or I did, we'd be in jail for 10 to 20, okay? There's a two-tier justice system. Donald Trump, they're saying he took these documents and they want to give him 400 years. Uh, uh, Joe Biden did the same thing in his silence. So you understand how this works? And this can't be because the lady justice has only one standard. This is, this is what's happened. They have politicized and weaponized the DOJ and law enforcement in general. And that's the entire problem here. And anyone who's in the street right now and you're wearing a gun and a shield, you notice. Out here in Broward County, Eric, these cops are scared to death to take any activity or do anything proactive. Because you know what? The sheriff already let them know. This corrupt sheriff over here let them know that if they put their hands or do any kind of arrest and anything comes up in that, that cop will not only be disciplined, he will be terminated and possibly criminally charged. Who wants to take action? Same thing in New York. Got to be out of your mind. You want to go along with this insanity? You want to make Eric Adams look good? Because trust me, Eric Adams will do to you what he did to me. He doesn't care about court. He's laughing the whole time. Oh, everything's funny for the guy. I mean, he dresses really good. I got to give him that. But other than that, he's leading the lead to the wolves. So you really have to think if you're a cop right now, do I want to put myself in the same shoes of a, of a Sal Greco or an Eric Dim or John McCarry? Do I really want to be like that? Or I'm just going to sit there and do the bare minimum or just act like a, I would just sit there and do the bare minimum if you ask me. Because they'll come in for you, they'll come for your pension, they'll throw you in jail. That's the ultimate. That's the ultimatum out here. So think with your head out there if you're still on that job, and don't write any letters. Stop being petty. You got a problem with somebody? Go up to them in person, because in real reality, those letters should all be ripped up. Because cops, NYPD cops, are their own worst enemy. That's what happened to me, ladies and gentlemen. You know what? Let's let's talk about that real quick. So Stock Greco has been the victim of a political hit job, in my opinion, John's opinion. Your opinion, obviously, you've been wrongfully terminated. But what, what does it mean to be uh, the victim of a political hit job? Here we, ha here we are. We have rules of the New York City Police Department, right? And it's very ambiguous. It's very vague, right? If you reasonably engage in criminal association with someone who commits criminal activity or someone who's likely to. I mean, we could say anybody. But what really breaks to light is these cases we have, right? We have Cardi B that's ushered and escorted around the New York City Police Department in some of the most intimate areas of the New York City Police Department. Michael Dowd, who was a, one of the most corrupt cops in the entire history of the police department, he had his presence at, at, at the New York City Police Department. We have violence interrupted. We have the neighborhood coordination office that take pictures with criminals on a daily basis to have community relations. And we have 
Sal Greco. What's the difference? Sal Greco's friendship caused him his job. He was terminated. Again, complete political hit job. You said it correctly. And, and, but this is the problem that, that I'm saying here. So here we have now, right? We're really at a pinnacle moment. So technically, technically, by all means, and, and this is what's going to be important in your court case, you were terminated by Commissioner Key Chansoul. Correct. So Adams could say whatever you want. He could say, oh, uh, you know, I don't discard people. I don't do this and that. Because ultimately, this is my opinion. If he has to testify, he's going to throw Key Chansoul, our former commissioner, under the bus. Or he's not going to testify and there's going to be some type of settlement. How How is she going to say? What are your thoughts? If she go, that's why I'm asking. Do you think she's going to say I was bullied to sign this, or she's going to take responsibility for it? Because ultimately, no matter what, she signed that fine line. I, I wish I, I could answer. I have no idea what's going through her head, or if she even knows about this case. In all honesty, or anything that she signs or does, uh, there I understand that behind the scenes that there was a a big falling out at City Hall, and they would berate her. You have to realize with guys like Caban and Madri. I mean, you look at their history. And you look at the history of Philip Banks, they, they uh, you know, they berate people, even Shell. I mean, I, I knew him as a captain. He'll berate you. If they don't like you or they think you're doing something that they don't like, they'll berate you. Even though she's a police commissioner, the assumption here and the, what the reports you're hearing is that she's a figurehead. So once again, we fall back to what you said. She's either really good at the job or she's just a complete figurehead. It's somewhere in the middle. What she does have is rank and file and the public really liked her. She's very presentable. She's a very respected cop back in Nassau County. So she came over here thinking, you know, I might try to do the right thing. And then she got a rude awakening because you're not doing that with Eric Adams and company, especially with that group of characters underneath him. So whether she testifies or not, I don't know. I know that Eric Adams would love, but she will be on the stand in this case if it goes forward and it gets that far. But predominantly Eric Adams, Eric Adams himself, He's the only one that has the power to terminate a police commissioner and appoint them. His question is, you knew all of this, you being a victim of this stuff, saying all this stuff in your career, and now you're terminating me, trying to use the same Fugazi rules that they try to use on you, and you somehow survived it. And now your two police commissioners you had between her and then Caban allowed this criminality, all these criminals to come to either the police academy or hang around you, and you okayed it. So if it's once if it's okay for them, why is that okay for me? You're calling my friend a criminal, right? What makes Party B and Caban's brothers better than Roger Stone? Or everyone, no one could be discarded. Which one is it? He's all over the place, and his own words are coming. That's what's going to get him. It's his own public statements, their actions. He's the main guy here. Now, anyone could try to step up and say they did it, or wherever the case is here, I don't know who the hell is in charge. You just know it's a, a police commissioner by committee, it seems like. So, you know, I think that sometimes, it, you know, Sewell's office might get a call from, let's say, whoever it is, one of these characters, and say, well, on, on authority of, of the mayor, and then say whatever. And what, what are you going to say? Even if you're the police commissioner, you work in that office. If you get a call from someone from City Hall or, you know, or, or someone else that's maybe a rank underneath you, but is representing the mayor and says, well, the mayor said X, Y, and Z. What are you going to do? You have to, there's nothing you can't say or do because you're going to be, we're going to go against the mayor. That's your boss. So this kind of stuff may have happened behind the scenes. I'm just throwing hypotheticals. I'm not too sure. I just understand that one, she's definitely leaving if she resigned Two, she 
quite possibly allegedly hired her own lawyer and will be filing a lawsuit against all these guys. Three, allegedly she's about to take the, the Baltimore police commissioner job. Number four, I got to be honest, even though she's on my, my lawsuit, I think Keyshawn Sue will be a great candidate to run against Mayor Eric Adams in the future uh, mayoral race in, in the next year or two. By the way, it's not my idea. Actually, Roger came up with that one, so I don't want to take credit for that. Roger's one. I, I tell you what, if that was the case, she's got my vote on that one. From what I know so far, just her stepping down and standing in the face of adversity, she's got my vote. I mean, right now, I would probably vote for uh, anything. I'd probably vote for, uh, for a Pepsi can over uh, Mayor Adams. But Honestly, but at that point, if that, those are my choices, absolutely. From what I know now at this point, she showed more balls. You know, John and I say it all the time. We said it on other podcasts. I've been begging for a, a strong white male to step outside the box. An older white male the, at the end of his career, a 62, 63-year-old man to say, you know what? These are the atrocities going on to stand up. It didn't come from Bratton. Bratton, he panders to the left. He panders to the right. Blah, blah, blah. I'm tired of him. I mean, he, he, he's just a complete disappointment. O'Neill, he sold out Daniel Pantaleo and changed the face of the police department forever. Daniel Pantaleo, and I'm going to use this terminology. John says all the time, he was a one-off, right? It's not something that happens quite often, right? Oh. Daniel Pantaleo was one of seven to ever be terminated as a result of the Civilian Complaint Review Board. Did you know that? One of seven. He's not going to be a one-off anymore. That is going to be... Regular terminology because of the disciplinary matrix. Again, it's the exception by former Commissioner Dermot Shea, who had zero balls in comparison to Commissioner Sewell. So here we are. What's that? No, you mentioned Daniel Pantaleo. I want to throw this out there. I mean, I I don't know if people know this. I I mentioned this on another podcast. Uh, The 120 precinct where that incident happened, I just want this on record from from all accounts that I understand. I mean, I was working. I was on the job at this time. Uh, there was a call that was made to the 120 precinct. It was either Mr. Philip Banks or once a person in his office called and said, we have a problem. There's somebody selling Lucy's in front of that store. Well, we don't have a conditions team. That's who ra- a conditions team would go and handle that. No, they only had a crime team working, and they basically said, look, the crime team better go there. Are you going to deny the, the chief of department call and say, I don't have a con- – date? you have to send whatever the hell the guy says or else – Everyone's going to get transferred in the next 24 hours. I mean, you understand this job better than anybody. That's how this works. So Chief Chief Banks at the time made this call. All this chaos ensued after. And guess whose fingerprints are no longer on this and ever mentioned again? Philip Banks. Now, if there was a federal civil trial that was supposed to happen, this would have all came out through subpoenas, through eyewitness testimonies and testimonies from people that were working that day all the way in the 120 precinct, all the way up to the, the, the CO and above, whoever inspect, whoever, whoever called this in. It came from that office. There will never be a record of this. Once again, Philip Banks, the unindicted co-conspirator, always sneaking on by. I, you know, at this point, Sal, I want to give you some rapid-fire questions. Right? I just want you to give me a response of yes or no, and I'll tell you why. Your, your story is fantastic. It's so important that every cop hears a story, and it's important that the entire nation hears a story of what political influence could happen to someone in your position, how you could just completely, your entire career and your life, your whole life changed in seconds. Because the amount of time that from your administrative charges to your termination was quite quick compared to any mo- most cases that I've seen in my career. And we don't see that often, termination. 
In your case, it was very quick, especially with someone with unblemished career. Now, it's my opinion, okay? Discipline is supposed to be fair and equal. That's what we read in leadership books and about discipline, especially yeah. Colin Powell, other books like that I've read. So in order, I'd say this, in order for you to be terminated, your actions have to be the same or worse than those in the police department that are higher than you. So have you ever been accused or charged with sexual harassment? No. No. Have you ever been accused of a crime prior no. to pr no other than this nonsense that they prior, wrote a prior to the Roger Stone incident? A civil war, have, whatever the hell that meant. Have you ever had any civilian complaint review board administrative charges? No. No. So here, here we are. Just based on these rapid fire questions, these three questions. You have an unblemished career. Because the reason why I mention these is because our first deputy commissioner has had a civilian complaint against him. And I, I actually put a tweet out with this. I thought it was really in poor taste by the city, the paper, to put out a title. I thought it was completely insulting to Abner Luima and his family that they, the title obviously was to get followers and likes and people to read it and said that uh, the first deputy commissioner was uh, had a Abner Luima type of threat towards someone. I thought it was completely in poor taste. I don't agree with him being the first deputy commissioner, but I thought that was a poor taste. But here you are. You never had that type of accusation. You've never been accused of a crime. Madry has a sketchy past. He's got a very shady past. The first step Caban does. Adams has a sketchy past. Philip Banks. So all the people that are surrounding Adams right now at the top at upper echelon of the police department have a sketchy past by far worse than you. And yet you were terminated. What can you say on that for the public? It's a, it's real simple. It's strictly, it's, it's a bias here. It's a political bias. Uh, everything I, they also did defrauding the court by with this court order nonsense. They call in the court. It was no court order. Otherwise they would have produced it. It's clear cut. They have a problem with me. They have a problem with Roger Stone. They have a problem with Donald Trump. And what should scare people is listen, whether you like us three or you don't, or you don't believe you're Republican conservative, whatever the case may be. Remember that this can be flipped on you. If you allow this to stand, this can happen to you. That is why I ask people to go to my website, and if you could contribute anything, it helps out. It's helpthisnycop.com. I'm fighting an entire system. It's just me here. I don't see Pat Lynch sitting behind me. He ran away when he saw me. I don't see Lou Turco standing behind me. He was kissing up to the mayor the other day when he was trying to cover up for the fact that the police commissioner resigned by saying, we settled all the contracts that waited. How many years did everyone wait that were complaining? How many of those chat things you have that people were messaging Eric saying, oh, we're never going to get a contract. And they're all kissing Eric Adams' ass who could have gave it to you the day he walked in. But you, you know, cops are very nearsighted, very nearsighted, very it, nearsighted. It's, it's so disappointing how all these – all these unions could be such cucks when it comes to Mayor Adams. Because before Mayor Adams was elected mayor, every one of these unions was talking trash how he was a zero of a cop. And now that and now that he's the mayor, he's the best thing since sliced bread. And they're all on their knees just taking everything from Adams and, and putting him on this pedestal. And they all know they're full of shit. It's really disappointing. So yeah, at what role? Let, let's say that. I, what role did the union play in this? What conversations did you have with them? What actions did they take or did they not take? What role 
what could you say to the cops right now if they were in your situation? What should they expect from the union, or what happened to you, other than Pat Lynch just turning his his back from you? In my opinion, it, with him turning his back, and it was very little conversation with them in the beginning. Oh, this is really nonsense. Nothing's going to happen to you. As time went on, you realize, you know, your own delegates telling you, Sal, you're guilty of something. What I believe happened is that since it's a it's a Soviet style show. Wait, trial, wait, wait, hold on, stop right there. Yeah, your I'm sorry, but your own delegates told you. That you're guilty of something? Yeah, I was guilty. I, I was guilty of something. Shame on them. That's terrible. Uh, Unbelievable. Dealing with you, you vote for these guys, and then they. This is what you get. Meanwhile, uh, the delegate himself, he committed. He was stealing time on. Uh, he did what this person did was he actually was doing paid detail and working at the same time, and got caught because an incident happened. But he'll never get terminated for that because he's a you know he hangs out with the CEO. You know how it works. So. My advice to you is do what I did. I had the PBA attorney. He himself told me it was a kamikaze mission. He said if anybody other than Roger Stone or Trump are involved, you're not even at this point because this is nonsense. Everybody knows somebody or has been involved, whatever. I mean, you didn't even do anything. He looked at all the documents. And by the way, I was the one that found the subpoena, just to let you know. I was acting at a certain point. I was acting like my own attorney because everybody here already agreed that I was host here. So it's basically you're set up from the beginning. You're guilty. They're just going to rail railroad you through unless you play ball. So they offered me 60 days to a year. I didn't want to take it because I knew this was – I didn't do anything wrong. Or number two, if you take that deal, you'll never find all this wonderful stuff in Discovery. So if I'm you right now, any cop out there, hire my attorney, Eric Sanders. He'll go to the trial room and he'll destroy them. Because this is how you need. You have to go with your own. I hate to do it. Tell people this. You need to maybe do what I'm doing and you open your own website and hopefully people will help you out. Get your own attorney. Do your own thing. I'm not a union guy. I mean, I'm a conservative. I used to be for unions after this experience. You're better off on your own. Get your own attorney and then you can fight your own battles because that's how you can win. Unions are not there. Either you're one of the union guys, meaning you're a buddy, you're a brother, you're a cousin. Then they'll do everything for you. If you're just an average guy that works in a union, who are you? We'll sell this guy down the river. Who cares? I mean, that's how I feel. I mean, that's kind of how I personally felt about what happened with me. And I've seen it happen with other cops. But when you hire on your attorney, you have a much better chance. So so let's get this straight. Because this sounds like to me that you were you were targeted against and that that you were retaliated against because you wanted to fight the system and take this department trial because so you're saying here but i want the public to understand that especially cops so initially you were offered a 60-day penalty hit and one year dismissal probation is that correct because you're telling 16 years so we a lot of our viewers are not cops so i want them to understand we are wives of cops so we have and some of the cops they don't know themselves honestly i, I speak to some cops i'm like hey you read the discipline matrix like I, I, what is that they never even heard of it i said yeah. you never heard of the matrix that can affect your entire career yeah so you were offered 60 days and one year dismissal this uh, dismissal probation. Am I correct? Correct. And you denied it, and you opted to take it to department administrative trial. Correct. So, what was the amount of time that elapsed from the time they offered this to the time they actually went to department trial? Bring us to that. So here you are served. You decide that you're going to take this department trial. What made you say that? And what was the time that elapsed? So you went to department trial, and you were terminated. Because I, I love to use some examples. I know some 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 cops that I worked with who are waiting for discipline 
an answer from cases of over a year ago. And they still haven't got a response. And yet yours seemed to happen much quicker. So please take me through that. Okay, so obviously they, they investigated me in January of 2021. Uh, I had a second, uh, two GOs, two interviews. One was January. Another one would be, would be in March. Obviously, March would get, should be scrapped for, for the fugacious subpoena and the uh, access to the sealed records. Uh, then in May, they serve me with charges. Uh, and, and then in, uh, right after, a week after that, they transferred me to summer all out to the Bronx, but I was still, there was nothing. They hadn't said anything to me. I didn't do anything yet. They just said, oh, we need to send you there. Send the guy that has 4.5 his whole career. Hmm, that's, that's interesting. So I got sent to the Bronx. Then I came back. I came back. It was September or October. I came back to my command, and they told me they want to offer you 60 in a year. And I says, you want, I know you're not going to take that because you didn't do anything. I says, you're right. But my delegate said you should because you're guilty of something. So I uh, got to March. February I had to go down because, they again, the internal affairs or whatever, to the advocate's office, they told me, well, uh, sign this paperwork because March we're going to do the trial. March we did the trial. It lasted one month. I had four different dates. They were 8.35 each. Meanwhile, there was a trial next door that took three hours for eight people to make some sexual harassment claim against one officer. One hour that trial went. Mine was four days, just so you understand. So I did four days. They came up with a decision. The, the trial ended in the beginning of April. The decision came down in about June. And in August, I was terminated. So from, Janu from January 2021 to August 2022, that's the total time frame of everything that happened. And it kept me in suspense from April, from May of 2021, all the way till the trial was in March. And then you got the, the uh, you got all the paperwork in June. And then it, uh, it was um, finally terminated in August. But Eric, in between, I had the January 6th committee. So I'm a special case. You know, this is quite interesting. It's, it's very interesting that the public understands the political hit job that was used against you, especially the way that disciplinary matrix was weaponized. Correct. I myself, I'm no stranger to the uh, to the department trials, right? I, I had a department trial with the civilian civilian complaint review board. I had two cases at one time in a, in a particular case. One of them I was found not guilty, and one I was found guilty from the civilian complaint review board. However, what what's important to understand is my case. I don't think is as serious as your case because your case you were actually terminated. So in my case, the actual trial was about five days, but it took it took over a six month period. Oh my God. And after those six months, yes, after those six months of the days being stretched out, after I received a decision by the administrative trial judge. So the public understands is you go through the case, the administrative judge that oversees this case will make a decision, and it's a very lengthy report, completely thorough. All the information, the discovery from the entire case, this is a huge document. And usually the turnaround, they say, is expect 8 to 12 weeks. That's the turnaround. In your case, I would think that this would take even longer. For most people, it takes over a year. Just the, the, the job is bombarded with cases. We just don't have the manpower to handle it. And yet, in your case, your turnaround is about 12 weeks and you were terminated. 
I'd say I think that the turnaround, what you said, is even less. So this is shocking, appalling. That just speaks volumes to volumes to me, and that says that you already terminated from the start. When right. you made the decision to take this to administrative trial, you were term. Now, I think what's quite interesting, you said that your administrative trial judge was Paul Gamble. Is that correct? Correct. That was the same trial judge I had as well. That's quite interesting. So this was a complete political hit job, and you had zero chance. Absolutely. And what's also, in my opinion, if you would have accepted those – I think this is catch-22. I think if you would have accepted those 60 days and the dismissal probation, then the job would have terminated you during that year. It would have been very easy to find any error and – had you terminated. So this was a lose-lose situation for you, Sal. Here's, here's the stupidest thing, but all they do, Eric, here you come, you come to work. I think Sal Greco's wearing white socks charges because now you're on probation. Oh, Sal Greco uh, forgot to put his camera in. His camera was in his locker and not docked. Instead of his CD, you get terminated. That's how simple it is. People don't realize that. Maybe they think, I don't know, they, they think that it's a game because some of these cops never get in trouble. All these people... Listen to me. When you're targeted, and believe me, I've seen it with Roger, I saw it myself, and I see it now with President Trump, okay? When they're targeting you, there is no escape other than if you actually try to stand up for yourself. And if you have friends, they'll stand up with you. But I notice a lot of cops, they run away because they're all a bunch of cowards. They talk a big game. They don't want to play uh, John Gotti, but they're all really Sammy Gravano, okay? That's your problem with everything. You have to stand up on your own two feet and be a, a man. If you're a woman, be Wonder Woman. Stand up on your own two feet and say, no, I'm not going to take this. You guys are wrong. If What they're trying to do is Madri, uh, Banks, Caban, uh, Stewart, Adams, they want to paint me to be exactly what they are. They're the ones that have a... Their record is, is 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 got all kinds of things on there. They're all kind of shady developments. Eric Adams himself is still pictured with numerous people that have records. What do you have with me? Sal Greco is a member of the Proud Boys. No, I was never a member of the Proud Boys. Just because I came into contact with him in one or two events somewhere because they could pay for it. You know, you go to an event, Eric, anybody could show up. Anyone. I mean, I went to a boxing match the other night. It was funny. It was John Gotti's uh, boxing event with the uh, Floyd Mayweather. I mean, you could have numerous convicted criminals in the building. Now I'm, I'm a member of whatever these groups are. I don't even know who they were. We've just come into casual contact. You're in the same area with the person. Yes, there's a picture. I'm pictured with these guys that were standing behind me. Or I'm pictured in a circle. I'm not even like, I don't know. This small conversation like, hey, how are you, boy? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know these people. Now they make you a member of them. Imagine they did this back in the 70s and 80s with the Cosa Nostra. Of course, they never did that. But, I mean, that's the mentality. That's what they're doing now. You can't think like guilt by association is insane. And I think that finally it was an article the other day from the Washington Post that was saying how this prosecutor, who is a, a Coonan is his name, this guy, uh, he tried to, he was prosecuting Roger a couple of years ago for that bogus line of Congress charge. Now he was bringing a DOJ we must find Stone guilty of something on January 6th. So he's pictured with a member of the, the militia group. Therefore, no, therefore, there's nothing. And someone in DOJ finally had the guts to stand up. And it says it in there and state, if we try to prosecute Mr. Stone, it's a guilt by association campaign. I mean, now you're going to all. This is the new level. If the Justice Department starts saying, 
Joe is pictured with John. Therefore, we're going to prosecute this guy. You better be very careful because Ed Buck, who is a mega donor to the Democrat Party and who raped and murdered two gay black men in his house, is pictured with Adam Schiff. So is Adam Schiff going to be arrested for being a friend of Ed Buck? He's pictured with him all over the place. And he's a rapist convicted. He's, a, he's in jail or they kill whatever it is. He, he was convicted. Are we going to say now he's guilty of this? Be very careful what kind of the road you're going down. The police department got away with it with this, but maybe not because that's where we're in litigation. Honestly, I, honestly, at this point, especially with the way the New York City Police Department is being run by Mayor Eric Adams, with the violence interrupters make a substantial amount of salaries with, I mean, severe criminal records. This patrol guide procedure is going to have to be eradicated from the from the patrol guide or just completely revamped because... I'm asking for that in my lawsuit. In fact, that's one of the things we need is that needs to be stricken from the record completely. The, the real patrol guide procedure, Eric, should be you can't associate with someone who's likely to have engaged, not likely, who has engaged in criminal activity and in furtherance of this criminal activity, officer did so-and-so. Not your picture with this guy. I don't like him. Therefore, we're going to terminate this guy. But, you know, the first deputy commissioner and the regular committee, all these guys can do whatever they want all day, and that's okay because it's all arbitrary. No, it doesn't work that way. There's only one standard. Eric Adams, you will answer for this. You will be on the stand. You will be deposed. You will be on my lawsuit because you ultimately have the final say here. Well, let's highlight also, right? He had a he had the conference, which you talked about, where he stood at the podium and said he does not discard people. That's right. And this was a knee-jerk reaction response to the Cardi B case. So what's quite interesting to me is I don't know if you could say, if you can't say, that's fine. But I'm going to ask you because at the time, former commissioner, I'm sorry, former chief Juanita Holmes was, was with, at the center of this case who paraded around Cardi B. She was associated with Cardi B doing girl talk, which I think is absolutely insane. There's no disrespect to you, Cardi B. I think you're pretty cool, but we got to expose the hypocrisy that's going on here. Right. And I'm sorry. You should be the last one doing girl talk. Let's let's be honest, right? That's not, well, I mean, I got daughters. I don't want her doing girl talk. You know? I'll say this, you know, I have, listen, I have no ill will towards anyone I mentioned. Whether Banks, Caban, his brothers, I don't really care what they do. I mean, they're cops or whatever. It is what it is. All I'm saying here is Eric Adams, there can only be one standard. You cannot say that this is okay and that's not okay. Someone has to answer for this because you know that you violated my, my constitutional rights. You can't just say there's only one standard, it's an equal opportunity job. You can't say this is good and this is bad and then just say, okay, well, we're going to terminate. You can't do this. You can't well, in her case, right? so, case, so we have to compare this hypocrisy here, right? So in your case, Sal Greco, right, for our viewers, Cops, not cops. Sal Greco was terminated for his association with Roger Stone. Let's keep in mind, Roger Stone was pardoned by Donald Trump, which means he's exonerated. He's not a criminal. Former uh, Chief Juanita Holmes was promoted to commissioner, right? That's what people don't understand. They say, oh, she's not. She, she was relieved of her position. Now, this was political theater. She was promoted to commissioner. For associating with Cardi B. Not only was she associating, being influential to have her be a, an advisor to our kids, our most precious kids of the New York City Police Department, to a girl talk, to explorers who are young learning about the New York City Police Department. But hold on here, Eric. Hold it's, on. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Talk to me. saying this about Juanita Holmes, right? So she got, she got promoted in this, obviously. But so you know, and that's my claim here. 
nothing happens at the police department without the police commissioner's blessing. So if the police commissioner's statement is, I had no idea about this, then this goes back to Juanita Holmes can't make this decision. Who just did? Well, from all accounts, it's Eric Adams. So once again, Eric Adams, you will have to answer for this, and you will be deposed. And guess who else is going to be deposed? I have no ill will towards her either. Cardi B, guess what? You'll be in this case. You'll be deposed also because there's a lot of questions that you can answer for us. You seem to, you will know more than us about exactly who said and did what here because all roads lead to Eric Adams. All roads. What, what about, what about Commissioner Juanita Holmes? Is she, that's what I wanted to ask you. Is she going to be part of this lawsuit as well? That is correct. She will be deposed. She has to be deposed because she's the only one that could answer who uh, authorized her to come to the police academy. Eric Adams himself stated that she was invited. The NYPD and the law department and the New York City have defrauded the court. Have numerously, they stated numerous times that she was court ordered. There is no court order. Eric Adams stated this in his press conference. Now, if everybody here is telling you different stories, you can clearly tell the city, the NYPD, the entire Adams administration is in an upheaval. The fire department chiefs are resigning. The NYPD people are leaving. You don't know who's in charge. Cops are resigning. Cops are leaving to go to different states. It's in an upheaval. His chief of staff abandoned him. His chief of staff left a few months ago. I don't know if you noticed that. Now he's taking a different quiet position where he's not going to get blamed for any of this political fodder that's going on because as a chief of staff, you'd be responsible for this nut because he's listening to all the wrong people. I mean, Eric has done this his whole career. And then, of course, Eric, who's his... Worst enemy. He's running around like he did with Project Veritas. I saw him take his jacket off of me. Eric, you're either upset or you're trying to intimidate this guy. I don't know what it is, but you obviously saw the street guy, Eric Adams, come out once you prod him with a couple of questions that he doesn't like. He's only good in that controlled environment. Even when the Post asks some questions, Eric is already, what are you asking me? Why are you asking me this? Why? Eric, you're the mayor. You you're a politician. You know better. He knows better, but he can't handle any kind of pressure. I don't know if anyone's realized this. And that's why, Eric, when you're on the stand with my attorney, we're all, we're all waiting for what you're going to say. We can't wait for you to get the post. It's just, it's going to be magical day. It's a magical day when you're going to be up there answering for why this happened, why you're allowing Caban as your police commissioner, what the hell is actually going on in the police department. And by the way, Eric, you've had a list of people you hang out with all these different felons you're approving everyone underneath you and the police to hang around felons. So why'd you fire me? I, my friend's not even a felon. I'm just stating criminals. Criminals are felons, either or. Likely or have engaged in criminal activity, whatever that Fugazi rule says. You're going to answer that, Eric. You have to be deposed. The ball's in your court. That's a powerful message, and I think it's extremely impactful. And we actually have to understand this message because what people have to understand is when you agree to work for the New York City Police Department, you have a patrol guide. You also are also protected under Section 75A, which is your civil service rights as an employee of the New York City Police Department or any city agency. So whether we agree or not, these are the rules. That's why these rules have to be changed, because if Mayor Adams wants to play this game and change the rules when it fits him appropriately, then this has to be completely thrown out. 
And again, I think that he constantly proves your case. Why? Yeah. Because he is who he is. Zebras don't change their stripes. Nope. You know, before Mayor Adams was, was the mayor, I heard rumors about him constantly. And I even saw him give a speech many years ago at the New York City College of Technology. Many years ago. I think it was maybe 2005. And back, during, back then I heard the rumors about him. And to me, he just solidified who he is. And if anything, as we get older, our, our flaws don't get better. They just become more illuminated. And I think that's what's happening here. And I hate to see, say this term for people, but honestly, I just think the more that this case goes on, we see he keeps stepping on his own dick. And that's what's happening here. He keeps saying things that just substantiate your case even more. Yeah. Now, I have to be honest, okay? This procedure, I think, is absolutely ridiculous. I don't agree with this. I think people do deserve a second chance. John talks about how he was arrested. He got a second chance. People do make mistakes, and they learn from them. But this oh, policy Eric, in there, that, what's that? I don't know if you noticed, Eric Adams himself was arrested when he was forced Exactly. To so, exactly. He's about so, second opportunities, but I wasn't, I'm not even involved in any of this stuff, but I didn't have a second, I had nothing. I'm, I'm guilty by association. And that's what I was going to get to also, is that, you know, it says that someone's likely to engage in criminal activity. I don't know what that is. I mean, apparently, if I was on the job right now, I should be, I would be terminated for talking to you. I'm associated with someone who's likely to engage in criminal activity by having ties to Roger Stone and and and, uh, and Davis. So, which I think is absolutely the most ridiculous thing. Absolutely, uh, I think that Eric, I hate to say this, but now because President Trump was criminally charged, you are now going to get you know brought up on charges if there's any pictures of you with President Trump because he's likely to have engaged under this Fugazi rule. Do you see how crazy this sounds? Oh, this people people who laugh. And, and say anything. I just want this. I want you to notice law enforcement in general, the FBI, the NYPD, which is the largest law enforcement organization in the entire world. This likely to have engaged your criminal activity. How do you think they get these Fugazi subpoenas criminally on people? Joe is pictured with John. So we have to look into John because I don't know what that's about. Do you see how this works? So you can laugh. You can laugh and say, oh, he deserves it, whatever, until it's you. And then we, oh, oh, you can't do that to me, but you, you didn't say anything. You're sitting there watching us, but you're not, you're not in the fight. You're not out there in, in the street. You're not out there on the battlefield. I mean, I'm taking all the hits here. There's no, who else, who else is around me? I know Roger's there. I know you're there. I know John's there. I don't see that many people trying to retweet things. That, you just think, oh, well, uh, it's a police case. No, it's not a police case. It's a case about all of you out there, all of America. Because what they're going to do is they're going to continue to weaponize Law enforcement against the people. doesn't matter if it's first it's internal for the cop that works for you or the federal agent that works for your agency, and then it's external. We got away with this on our own, so let's apply this to the regular guy. That's how this works. It's a power structure. Law enforcement is a step below politics. The politician tells the, the, the law enforcement which way they're going to go, even though you're supposed to be down the middle and not be judged by these people. But apparently you are. So people need to really start looking into this case and wake up. And whether whatever happens to me, whether I, 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 I fail or I succeed, be very cautious because next up will be you. And then we'll see if anybody's coming to your aid when you're crying and you're saying, oh, why nobody cares about me? I May mean, I pray every night, Eric. I, without my faith, I probably won't even be here at this time because I was a very angry guy when this happened to me because I said, I didn't. What did I do to deserve this? But I put my faith in Jesus Christ. 
I put my faith in the Lord. I go to church every Sunday and, I do, and people could laugh and say, but no, it's not a ruse. I'm actually there. And I see the people, they come up to me and they're praying for me and, and they believe in me. And that that is a big thing. And that's how you move forward in life. Because believe me, it's a godless environment in the police department where everything is about numbers and we have to do this and we have to do that. You want a day off? I need to go, you know, anything. Uh, we can't give you a day off. Oh, my wife, oh, you can't give you a day off. Uh, church, no days off. No days off for you. This is work. You have to be here. Soldier, soldier, soldier. They, they beat this into you. And that's not how life is in reality. I mean, in all honesty, Eric, ever since uh, I'm not in the police department, I, I've become a civilized human being. While I was in the police department, I was a, almost like a different person. I was very much like this because that's what they teach you. You know, you just lose sense of everything and think, you know, you're always looking over your shoulder. You're always thinking like a cop. It's still in me, but not as much, we'll say. Now it's more of a relaxed environment. Well, let's talk about that. I think it's important what you're saying. I've been saying this constantly. I actually say this every day. And I talk to my cops. You know, they're still important to me, even though I'm retired. I talk to them all the time. And I tell them, stop with this ideology. I used to hear from the perps. I want to start with that. The perps. You know, the older guys, the guys around my age in their 40s, the guys that did time already, they would say, listen, I try to talk to these kids out there. And they don't listen. They all think it won't happen to me. They Everyone thinks they're smarter than the generation before them. Yeah. And it's the same thing with the cops. The cops always say, ah, it won't happen to me. You know what? There was a time you could say that, right? When the discipline matrix wasn't there and there wasn't all these political hit jobs. If you were out there doing a truce of police work, you could say, you know what? Eric Dim, he's doing a truce of police work. He's got he's to cool down with that. Forget the proactive police work. It's different. But now... You go to a 911 call, and you may be unlucky that day and go to a call that you didn't pick. And that's why I say right now, shame on all these executives right now. Because the executives that we see right now, none of them could survive if they were doing police work in this environment. They've been accused of sticking batons up people's asses, things like that. I just as I've been accused. Now, I'm not saying they did it, but in this department, the way the, way the legislation is right now, the politics... They would never su survive. And they were much more. This may be a generalized answer, but it's true. They were much more heavy-handed than we were. And they would not survive in this department, especially with the amount of allegations they have. Absolutely right. not. And they would not survive with this disciplinary matrix because they all have sketchy past. Yep. Mayor Adams, if you want to do this right, you need to get rid of everybody and start from scratch. And actually, you need to get rid of yourself also because you keep stepping on your own dick and the things that you're saying just keep substantiating Sal Greco's case even more, showing that he was wrongfully terminated. And this was a complete abomination and destroyed a man's career in life. But you know what? I support you. John supports you. You have a lot of supporters out there because what you're doing out there is you're showing perseverance. You're fighting. You're showing the warrior spirit. I, I can't be proud of you. You should be proud of yourself. You know what? Yes, and things like this, your first thing is anger. There's frustration. And then there's acceptance. But now you've passed that and you got the warrior spirit and you're fighting back. And you're not just fighting for Sal Greco. You're fighting for everyone in the New York, New York City Police Department right now. Even if they have their heads down and they think it won't happen to them. Well, guess what? If you're a white alpha male or white alpha female, because I'm telling you right now, there's racism in the police department and it's towards white males and white females. And if that's you right now, wake up because this could be you. And we don't want this to happen to you. It's, this is an important message. Stop saying that you heard all the information from someone else. Read that disciplinary matrix. You need to read that patrol guide. I don't care if you get proposed or not. You need to know, and you need to educate yourself just as Sal did. Sal, what you're doing is super impressive. What else? What is your message right now? 
what is your other message right now with your lawsuit and your message to your cops out there right now? If you were on the job, what would you say to them? I'd say, listen, if you're on the job, like I said, find your niche, uh, continue what you're doing, but be very cautious how you move forward. Be very smart about how you move forward because, listen, like I said, you're always one allegation away from like my, my song and dance. All I read is don't end up being the poor guy that ends up in a newspaper. You'll be in a witch hunt just like me. People make allegations. Listen, being proactive. Listen, I was proactive, but I, I've never had anything on my record. You know, sometimes you just you got to get lucky or you got to be good, one or the other. Maybe I was a little bit of both. But if you're that good and if you stay out of trouble, you can almost have the career I had. But just, I don't know, maybe don't be pictured with certain people, I guess, or think that you actually have a, a right in this country to associate with who you want. Just be very cautious of, of my tale because this is still ongoing. And I wouldn't even say uh, if there's racism in or whatever. I'd say more there's a lot of political bias because, believe me, whether you're uh, you know African-American or you're a white Italian or, you know, you're, you're a if you voted for Donald Trump or you're a conservative or you voice this, be very careful because the guy next to you, he might take offense to this. And the next thing you know, it's as if you murdered somebody because, look, you be at a dinner table with your family. Everything's great. And then you go, oh, you know, I saw Trump on TV. And you watch the faces drop. Because not everyone's going to be a Trump guy. And then you're going to see how people change. I don't know what it is because it was never like this. Eric, I remember I wasn't a fan of George Bush. And I wasn't a fan of Bill Clinton. But, heck, my friends who did both from whatever, we didn't like the guy. But then we're like, let's go have an espresso together. Let's go play. Let's go to the gym. We'll play racquetball. I don't know what happened along the way. But if you keep listening to Fox News and CNN and all these other propaganda networks, you're going to lose your mind. Take a step back. Look at everything. Read a book. You know, uh, you know, go, scroll on your phone. Watch television. Watch um, sports. You know, uh, just take a minute and just go out with your family, with your kids. Go run. Do 10 miles like I do sometimes. Go run 10 miles. You'll feel better and you'll realize that life. Is beautiful if you make it beautiful, but like I said, it's always the dark uh, entities hanging out in the back in the shadow. So just keep that in mind if you're out in the street. Because remember, I say the worst person is not the perp in the street or the people in the street. That cop that's standing next to you, he's the one that's going to write the letter because he's envious of you. That's ridiculous. And I, Eric, I know about the people that go to the bar and then call up internal affairs and say, "Officer, so I don't know," because that's what they are. A lot of people have an alcohol problem. I never had this. Keep the bottle down. I know the job is stressful. That's why I went to the gym. I don't drink. It's so rare when I drink. You won't even know. Might, it could be here and there at best. And I didn't even do it where I, I did at home. I went six, seven, eight, nine years without even having a sip of alcohol. So I, I'm telling you this from experience. Stay away from that stuff. This job is full of it. I've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes. And how many cops have gotten in trouble? Which, by the way, you're wrongfully or knowingly associated with someone who's likely to have engaged or engaged in criminal activity if they were convicted of DWI and are still in uniform. Just so you understand that that will also be brought up in my case, Eric Adams. I don't know if you notice, or the police commissioner. Those cops are technically criminals. Hello? I want to thank you for your response, Ashley. I was actually going to ask you a question. We're about an hour and 10 minutes into this. Yeah. We're going to wrap this up soon, but I want to say I was I, going I, to ask. I'm going to go long for you, Eric. I no, no, no. I love it. I love it. I, I'd, rather, I'd rather them understand everything that's going on. I haven't been on a while, and, you know, 
It's like sitting I, I, on, 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 on meal or something, right? You're having lunch. Sal, you know what, John and I, we're one of your biggest fans. I mean, I can listen to you all day. Your story is, is just really impeccable. It's a, it's it's phenomenal. Every time I hear your story, it's almost like I heard it for the first time. I, I can't believe that this actually happened to you. I, I And I say to myself, I, I mean it. I, I don't want you to think it's cliche. I, I, I'm seriously proud of you. Like, you showed great strength. Because, John and I, one thing that we talk about is mental health. What's going on in the New York City Police Department. And we said it before, and they won't quote us on it. They've asked us about it, but they won't quote us on it, is that what makes the NYPD different, you know, the law enforcement throughout the entire country, it's a stressful job. And we're aware that when we take this job, we're going to be exposed to things that most people won't see. But it's the internal pressures of the NYPD that lead to this, this epidemic of suicide deaths and, and just just yeah. deterioration. Uh, and and I was going to ask you, like, what are your outlets? How do you how do you have an outlet to keep up your mental health? And, and you said it. You're working out. You're taking care of yourself. You're staying healthy. And also your belief in God. I, I think it's really important that you have outlets. And that, I think that's your message. You said it to our police officers out there. You have to have outlets other than the job so that you can get out these these demons of the job and the internal pressures. They have to be expressed in, in, in a in a positive manner so that you can go on with a life. And, and, and don't be afraid to ask for help. If you're suicidal, tell someone, I want to kill myself because this job is not forever, but your life is. You know, this job is just a possession. Possessions are temporary and memories are forever. And you need to be around forever. And that's why I say, Sal, it's super impressive that you stand here proud. And look at your face. You stand there proud and you're knowledgeable about what's going on. You're on top of this case. You are a huge advocate. And I hope, and Sal, I'm going to ask you that after this case, once this case is done, that you stay involved in this and you in, and you're a catalyst and a crusader for change with this stuff because the men and women, they need you. They need a Sal Greco to stand up for them because some of them, they just don't have it in them to continue on this manner and this path. So that, for that, I thank you. And you heard it here on New York's Finest Return Unfiltered Podcast. And before we get a word to our sponsor, Sal, I just want to uh, give you the last word and say I, I thank you very much. And I want to tell the public this. I don't care who you associate or what happened. Prior to this, we had a couple of interviews, but for now, I consider you a friend, and you can call me anytime, and I'm sure John does as well. And I thank you for your story. Your story is powerful. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Eric and John. Also, I know he's not here right now, but uh, you know, you guys, you know, have become my friends. You've also become advocates. Uh, you always put out anything I, I write. I, you know, I put up on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, and it's uh, it really means a lot to me because believe me, when I started, nobody wanted to be my friend. It, the only person I had as a friend was actually Roger, and I wasn't allowed to speak to him during the time from January all the way to August, just to let you know. I wasn't allowed to speak to him. That was one of the other fagazi things that uh, Mr. Ornstein said, and hopefully he's held accountable at some point for all this stuff because he's a crooked, crooked, crooked cop. So uh, for everyone out there, listen, like I said, never give up. Always hold your head high. Look, I'm, I'm standing here almost bankrupt. I've put everything into this. I don't know how I'm going to go move forward, but – you know, God has a plan. And if his plan is to, to help me stay forward, I, I go forward. You know, I, I go as far as the Lord takes me. So that's why, folks, if you can, and please, I ask you, if you can, you can go to helpthisnycop.com, drop anything you can there, because the next thing will be after this motion to dismiss, whether it gets denied or allows to stay forward, because you already denied their first motion to dismiss. The next step would be a deposition. And, of course, I'm going to have to add Mr. Eric Adams to the lawsuit. I'm not kidding with that. He is going to end up on there. So anyone that can help me out, once again, help this nycop.com. If you can't do that, just keep praying for me. And while you're praying for me, 
pray for yourselves and pray for this world because it's really uh, there's many evil forces out there. But just as the Bible always says, God's force is always outnumbered. It always looks impossible. It always looks like they can't win, but it'll always come out on top. Sal Greco, super impressive. I appreciate it. You heard it here. The finest unfiltered. I'm Eric Dimos, complaint cop. Sal Greco, you can see him national on different podcasts, TV shows. John McCarry supporting you, the founder and the co-host of this podcast. Now we're from our sponsors. Law enforcement professionals dedicate their lives to serving and protecting our community. But who's protecting their financial futures? That's where Laidlaw Blue comes in. Our wealth management platform is specifically designed for the law enforcement community. Laidlaw Blue is a division within Laidlaw Wealth Management run by retired New York City detective John McDermott. His status as a retired detective uniquely positions him to establish a deep connection between Laidlaw Blue and the law enforcement community. Our platform is easy to use and provides a range of financial services, including investment management, retirement planning, and insurance solutions. With Laidlaw Blue, you can secure your financial future and provide for your loved ones. Our team of experienced financial advisors understands the unique challenges and opportunities that law enforcement professionals face. We're here to help you navigate the complexities of financial planning and achieve your goals. Laidlaw Blue, secure your financial future today. Book a meeting using the QR code displayed or call us directly on 888-901-BLUE. That's 888-901-BLUE.